Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. from the Vegas studios it is weekend geek update smurf here returning and it's hot in here ready to serve you up something bold and saucy and by the way booger if you know you know my little tip of the hat we are sponsored by suzy q's the 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 creator of just immense works she is wonderful bright ray of sunshine she is out today working on a project and getting me guests surprise surprise she has some 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 skills as a producer uh she will be back later in the month it's already february january is in the books we have moved on we have made uh you know January, that was a year we all made it through, and um, on to bigger and better, brighter things as the snow is about to start falling here in, in Colorado. But before it does, let's see what's going on in the Geekverse. This is my quick kind of rundown of stories that I saw that caught my eye in addition to my take on a couple of things um, that I... I, I you know, I'm just kind of sitting here scratching my head because I really don't know what to think about uh, this this show. But my take so far on Peacemaker that I'm 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 in, but I'm in for the weirdest reasons. But before we get to that, let's break into the big one that is sitting on my shoulders that I cannot believe. You sneaky bastards, Superman and Lois. <clears throat> It's not it's not very often that um, I'll admit that I'm wrong. No, I'll, I'll always admit when I'm wrong. When I when I screw up, oh yeah, there there's no hiding it. I will tell you point blank. Yep, I messed up. I own it. I did it. If I do it, I get a whooping. Well, I did it. Here's the thing. Superman and Lois did did a spectacular job of the misdirection. That they gave us right up until the the final seconds. There were hints in the entire episode of of Doomsday of even Lois saying to Superman, "You're not going all Doomsday on me, are you?" There were there were there were Easter eggs all over the freaking place about Doomsday, and what happened? We didn't get Doomsday. The suit, the guy, he comes out. He he's he's tearing out of the mountain. He's gonna open a can of whoop ass. Superman is on his knees. Actually, he's on his back, getting getting his ass whooped with a dude in a metal suit, lead line suit. So you keep out the sun, so you don't get all super powered. So you're thinking this is it. We're gonna we're gonna see him just tear across Smallville and flatten everything. Just just tear it up. <sighs> you sneaky bastards. Well, if you haven't lost if you haven't watched last week's Superman and Lois, you may you may want to just turn down just for a second as I reveal who was in the suit. Because they did it in an absolutely spectacular way. In 
I, I don't want to see CW fashion because I really think this is outside of CW's wheelhouse. I think that whoever's whoever's doing this is is doesn't give a shit about the CW at this point and is just writing a good story. That is, well, there's there's still kind of issues with it with me on, you know, teenage romance and you know the the emotions and fields and you know gyms versus you know stairwells and 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 living rooms. So. It's fine. I know we need the 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 love, you know, uh, the the family love, the togetherness, the CW aspects of the show. I get it. Totally understand. Just not so much of it, please. It's it, it gets a little saccharine there at the end. But totally had us hooked. Totally on the line. Doomsday. Turn it down cuz here if you if you haven't watched it, here's the spoiler. Bizarro. Are you kidding me? We're 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 taking a deep dive into Bizarro. <laughs> I flipped my shit. I couldn't believe it. Suckered me in. Sold on Doomsday. I was wrong. But am I wrong? Is is this a better choice? I mean, Doomsday is is a, a finality. I mean that that is. That is quite the story. That is, it is a big undertaking. And I saw the setup. Susie and I talked about it last week where you, you, you've got all the other super clones, imitation, wannabe Superman people, which is fine. Because what better thing for Doomsday to trash than a bunch of wannabe Supermen? But I guess now it's going to be bizarro trashing wannabe Superman people, and I'm okay with that. The whole premise and the idea and the misleading was perfect. It was well laid. Steel got his ass handed to him like he should have. But in the fight to get the helmet, the lead line helmet, no less, ripped off of him and kind of get this distorted reveal of Superman, Bizarro, is is spectacular. I, I have to applaud how they did this, the whole setup was absolutely brilliant the and and I, I I hate giving them credit I really do because everybody knows I don't like Superman and I know I should be upset right now but how they did it and and in the fashion of which they did it and executed it was absolutely <sighs> well done I have to applaud now what happens next is anyone's guess so my theories and everything go right out the window we will have uh, Superman and Lois on tonight, on Tuesday, when this airs. So it's it's a question of wh- what happens and how did he get here. And there's, you know, a whole lot of other, other underlining stories. There's mystery. And I like that. And it's very well conceived. It's extremely well put together. Am I angry? Am I, am I abandoning the show? No, of course not. This is... This is borderline better than Flash, all right? And, and it's it's a close second, especially when you hear everything that's going on in the in the Flash camp of, you know, Grant may be done. Uh, we may see the emergence of Impulse. There's still Wally to contend with, but there's still other issues that, that may or may not pan out for Flash. And... and I'm I'm fine with that. I really would a shakeup would be would be nice, I think. I don't know. I would just be happy with just the flash. You know, more flash, not team flash. I'm a little annoyed with the whole team flash concept and I don't I don't really 
give a shit. And I, I just I want a balance of characters. I want some decent stories. And the problem is, unless it's Zoom or another speedster involved, the stories have kind of felt lacking, falling down, in need of CPR, if you will. And, and and maybe that'll change. Maybe they'll get better. Maybe as they, they figure out who and what they want for, you know, uh, a direction for the show would be helpful. Uh, in the meantime, though, let's 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 get back on track, <laughs> which I, I tend to do. I, I tend to wander a bit. And that's OK, especially when this this show is is hitting all the boxes for me and and it's doing a good job and I can't I can't argue with it so if you're not watching Superman and Lois give it a shot give it a try it's been entertaining and I got I got nothing after that so we'll see what happens this week <laughs> Bizarro I can't <laughs> Yeah I'm I'm stunned In Paramount Plus news which Paramount Plus just continues to surprise me with the choices that they make and what they're doing. And I love that we get Halo, one of the, the major trailers, landed on <laughs> on the worst halftime intermission show of the playoffs I have ever seen. And it was it was just god-awful. And I'm just sitting there waiting patiently for for the trailer for Halo. Was it worth it? Yes. What we see and what we get as a concept is extremely wow. It is pulled right out of the game. It is absolutely spectacular. And I'm I'm more I'm more on board than what I was before. I kind of was like, meh. And I don't know if I'm really sold on who we have voicing the Master Chief, because I honestly I don't think there's anything wrong with going to. The voice actor, whoever's doing the voice for the video games. It's kind of like the same thing when we did the Transformers movie and we don't bring back the guy that's voicing Megatron. You know, we no, there you or somebody other than, you know, Optimus Prime sounding like Optimus Prime. There's there's just certain expectations that need to be be set, be need to be qualified, you know. So if this is what we get for the Master Chief, it's fine. It's a Sminer. It's a Sminer. <laughs> Small and minor put together. Schminer. It, it, it's a little inconvenient, especially if this is going to do what it, it kind of boasts, if it gives us uh, a little bit more, and the development of the character, and Cortana. And I, personally... And I may be the only one, and I know it doesn't match up with the timeline or any of that. I would love to see Reach. I know it's probably one of the best Halo games. And I know a lot of people will go back and forth with me on that one and everything. But it's just such its such a good game. And, and how the whole story goes. And I wouldn't mind seeing Reach kind of come to life or at least references, or an episode, maybe two, describing what happened on Reach. How things went sideways and set up everything with the Covenant and all of that. And I know some don't know what the hell I'm talking about, which is which is fine. And after the show, if they actually went this way, you'd understand. You would see it. But the game ends 
on on one of the best downers, similar to Empire Strikes Back. Everything is just disarray. Everybody's dead. It's the end of the world as we know it, and we have no idea what happens next. Oh, yeah, we do. It's It's the Master Chief. And it works. It works out well. The trailer looks spectacular. The CGI is just eye-popping and overwhelming. So it is it is so good, and it looks and promises to be so much. Also on Paramount Plus, we've got Picard coming up, which I have some some lofty expectations for, especially after Discovery was a little lackluster in what we saw. The formula is getting a little stale and the, you know, going to the well for the same kind of story again and again is getting eh, a little overplayed. And I think to avoid that particular fallout is why Picard is stopping after season three. So this was just recently released. And I think it was uh, Patrick Stewart that actually came out and said that Picard is is done after season three. And, and that's fine. I think to wrap up all of next gen and get everybody there their their final moments their their quality of screen time i think three is more than reasonable because we've seen a lot already and i can hardly imagine what we're going to get as picard season two starts because of course we get guinan brett spiner is back so i think he's he's uh dr soon maybe i don't know there's so many questions especially with an alternate timeline and and how everything kind of goes sideways on Picard and the crew. So what do we get? It's a very good question. We'll have to wait, but not too much longer since Picard premieres in March. Moving on to other streaming services, which um, D-plus has definitely got my my eye on it. There's so many things that I'm not sure what I feel for the book of Boba. And I, I know Susie and I talked about this last week and I'm not going to go into too much more of what her and I covered because I, I don't want to rehash, but there are some interesting stories that are now kind of like revolving now. Of course, after last week's episode, we get probably the best episode and Boba's not in it, which absolutely makes sense. The series has been okay, and I'm not the only fan that is reflecting that way. Every once in a while, I do put my toe into the chat boards and check out what the other fans are talking about. And to my surprise, everyone's kind of on board with me, that it's just not Boba. This isn't our Boba Fett. And I know there's a certain growth period in him, you know, becoming more aware or however you want to look at it, but he's still haunted by his dad's head falling out of a helmet. Oh, no, they didn't show that. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great? The little baby Boba <laughs> picked up his dad's head and the helmet, and it just fell right out. Come on. <laughs> That's a little funny. Little booger. Anyway, so the uh, <laughs> the now we get, you know, Mando finally pops back up in the book of Boba. We get probably one of the best um, episodes so far, a- absolutely, and we get a montage. We get us a, a montage Star Wars style, and I love the way that it that they put it together. It works, it fits, and absolutely on board. But it's funny to see as you know stories and everything kind of come out. Even you know the the people involved in it are kind of. Eh, 
especially uh, uh, thinking that Boba's talking too much, which, yeah, I'm kind of I kind of with you. And I mean, even Django didn't talk this 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 much. So I'm kind of with with the whole thing. But one of the interesting stories that came out, which I love, is that having Boba hunt down Mace Windu, that Mace is still alive. And obviously we can see in Boba's dreams that it's not exactly over Mace lopping his dad's head clean off. And, you know, it's kind of a hard thing to, to come to terms with. Now, to be fair. There has been nothing in canon, in, in any anyone's verse, Dark Horse or anything. When Mace died, that was it. We have not seen, there hasn't been inklings, there has been nothing to indicate that Mace survived getting tossed out of a window thousands, thousands of feet in the air. But, as we have seen before in the past... You can kind of fall for quite a while and and hopefully land in a speeder or hit something that is going to break your fall or keep you from hitting the concrete and becoming a street pizza. Is this the 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 fate of Mace? Who's to say? Why would Mace stay hidden for all of this time. So that that is one of the major questions that usually comes out and you know what has he been doing? So one of the things, if Mace shows up, it has to be meaningful. It has to be some well-thought-out execution as far as why, after all of this time, after you know New Hope and everything that went on, that Mace suddenly appears. It's a very good, good, good thought process. But I do have to admit, it would be kind of an interesting twist. Of course... I guess originally in Revenge of the Sith, Lucas had planned for Boba to take out Mace Windu as a revenge story, which now may actually kind of work out a little bit differently with the ages a little bit closer. However, if Mace is still alive when Book of Boba hits, he is old. I mean, like, Time Lord old. He, he, I mean, Obi-Wan was already, you know, kind of... Grizzly, can you imagine what Mace would look like at this point with, you know, one less arm and just probably scarred to shit from getting, you know, lightninged and tossed out a window and whatever he hit on the way down? I don't think he'd be very happy. And I don't know if Samuel L. Jackson would be too keen on coming back, but then, you know, Samuel L. Jackson does whatever Samuel L. Jackson wants to. Is it something he would be driven to do? Eh, I'm sure for the right amount of money and for the right around right script that he'd probably do it and it'd be kind of entertaining for him i don't know if i want to see boba fett take out mace windu who i personally kind of like as a jedi i'm, I'm kind of partial to base they just did him dirty so uh, how that all works out it's all speculation at this point and i did in one of the chat rooms i did have to stop and laugh because they're all like did the Emperor throw the fight with Mason? Of course he did, you idiot. He had to get Anakin to flip to the dark side. And what better way than to put Mace as the bad guy and manipulate Anakin even further? Of course the Emperor, you know, threw the fight. Would he have been able to beat Mace? No. 
Mace was going to take him out one way or the other. But um, I think it was a little bit more orchestration on the Emperor's part than we give him credit for. So I kind of am excited to see if they do this and actually go through with it. But I doubt they will because, like I said, there's no indication. And I don't see... I don't see Filoni and Favre just sitting around going, we should bring Mace back. I just don't see that. I, I, I think they moved past it. It would be a great tie to the trilogy to go back and kind of, you know, wrap it all up and to give it some kind of, you know, symmetry, closure. It would be cool, but I don't think at this point it's something that we will see. But I've been wrong before. <laughs> uh what else have we got um so also in streaming news which is actually landing this week alan richen richen excuse me uh is going to be betraying um uh i can't think reacher jesus <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to like pull it off the top of my head, but uh, I needed to actually catch up to my notes. Um, the Reacher series is going to be premiering on Amazon this weekend. And if you're kind of scratching your head on who Alan Richson is, he actually played Hawk in the Titans series. And I thought he was great. I was pissed when they didn't bring Hawk back from the dead. In fact, I had a conversation with Wayne over at Time Warp about that very same subject. Why didn't they bring Hawk back? Obviously, because he was going to go do the Reacher series. So according to what, and this is directly from Alan, it's only eight action-packed episodes with no filler. (laughs) And he has done an extensive amount of training to get fit and ready for the role. The books have Reacher at a big whopping 6'5 at 250 pounds. Alan is the same height, but at a just mere 230. So, you know, he's he's been putting on weight to try and look big because, you know, he's not big enough. I mean, the man is a freaking giant. And he did an interview I saw, I think it was Radio Times, where he was talking about, you know, the disadvantages of his size and being a big guy because, you know, you're either considered you know, a, a jerk or, you know, most likely a jerk. <laughs> so to, uh, to see him get out and to do this role, I'm very excited to see what we have in store. The only question that I have is if we're going to get all eight episodes at once or if they're going to stagger them out. Because I could just totally see just sitting down and just binging this this weekend because it looks to be great so as this uh releases if it is a weekly installment i'll try to give you guys a breakdown on it or if it's all in one pop i will definitely give you my take on the entire full episode moving on to hbo plus and movies uh, mortal kombat 2 is officially happening at warner brothers i don't know how i feel about this um this is this is the release, and then I'll tell you my thoughts. Mortal Kombat 2 is officially moving forward as New Line hires Moon Knight's Jeremy Slater to write the script. The popular video game and franchise got a second chance to become a live-action movie franchise in 2021. The reboot came after the original Mortal Kombat franchise from the 90s stalled after just two films. There's a reason for that. 2021's Mortal Kombat focused on original character Cole Young, who sucked. That's just me saying that. As uh, he trained with 
other fighters like Sonya Blade and Jax to protect the Earth. So, the reason it's stalled after two films is because they just decided not to look at the video game, which makes no sense. You have all of the information, all the characters, and everything you need to know as far as the lore right there in front of you, and you decide to ignore it. You have every reason to fail. Now, the reason I'm not too happy about this... The reason I'm not too happy about this is simply because they're doing—they're making the same mistakes. We're getting a character that we don't need, that we don't want, we didn't like, and really, to be honest with you, sucked. In fact, everyone that I talked to about Mortal Kombat all had the same thing to comment or or nitpick about, and it was this, you know, new new character played by Louis Tan, Cole Young, which. There's so many other characters in the Mortal Kombat franchise. There's so many other areas they could have gone or done or created to to compel us in this story that they just decided to ignore yet again. So if this fails, again, no sympathy for you guys. You you brought this on yourself. You asked for it. Does that mean I'm not going to watch it? Eh, maybe. If it's on HBO+, Plus, which they're saying that they will have it both on HBO and in theaters, or HBO Max, that's fine. I'll watch it. I wouldn't pay for it. I, I, I wouldn't have paid for the first one. Again, I'm just glad that it showed up on HBO Max. The fights and everything, of course, everyone, the, the big thing that everyone was was absolutely on fire about was the scorpion and sub-zero fight and it was great lived up to the bill it was awesome everything else so nothing has been revealed as far as what's going on as far as plot or story i'm not sure about the scriptwriter. we haven't seen anything from moon knight just yet so to really rave about him being the one chosen to write the next script for Mortal Kombat seems a bit premature, in my opinion. So we'll see how that works out in their favor. Because if Moon Knight bombs, I don't think a whole lot of people are going to be too excited about him writing the next one. Of course, now, if everything is moving forward and on plan, we should see the next Mortal Kombat somewhere, probably maybe 2023, 2024, depending upon filming and all the the other nonsense that's uh, that's going on. So we'll see. I'm meh. Uh, I'm not sold yet. We'll see who they. Uh, there's so many variables. I'm just surprised that they're actually moving forward with it. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Daniel Craig has let everyone know that Knives Out Two should be out here um, soon. Towards the end of the year is what he's planning. October or November is what they're saying. That Knives Out 2 uh, will be heading to limited theatrical releases and streaming debut at some point in the fourth quarter of 2022. Stage is set for the eventual revival, and we're still waiting for it. I have to say that Knives Out was really a good film for me. I thought it was clever. I I liked seeing Daniel Craig as kind of like, you know, the inspector. Not to mention everybody that was, like, background characters that are, like, heavy hitters and... I just thought it was a very well executed. It kind of has, you know, Murder on the Orient Express written all over it with all of these high profile celebrities and and A-listers doing, you know, 
the the smaller roles and just it, it was very commanding. I enjoyed it. I'm hoping that this gets done quickly. But they're already talking about Knives Out three. So don't be surprised if you don't see some kind of news on that coming out soon. But for sure, look for Knives Out to uh, probably I'm going to say October. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it about that time. Of course, that makes perfect sense. There's nothing else out. Uh, what else? OK, that actually brings us up to my my thoughts. <laughs> They're my thoughts. The take that I have for. Peacemaker, my take on the HBO Max series Peacemaker with John Cena and a smattering of other people from the Suicide Squad is is such a train wreck. It's such nonsense and I can't look away. I'm absolutely hooked and I can't I can't explain why. I was sitting with someone and they were of course saying how absolutely horrible this is. This series just is nonsense. But is it the right kind of nonsense? Is it entertaining? Is it to the point that the fans are like, yeah, I got to get me some of that. So I think what probably sells this show for me is the quirkiness. So let me let me break this down to you. At first, okay, the intro, the music, the, the choreographed dancing that everybody does is absolutely over the top. It, it is very reminiscent of some bad 80s, uh, I, just bad 80s dancing, and I can't help but look away. I've got the song stuck in my head at the end of listening to it. James Gunn is full-on James Gunn. I mean, it is over the top. I mean, and it's not even like in the way of like how Slither was and, and all of that. It seems much more directed and much more purposeful. And and it's just so many things going on in the background with the music, with the characters, with the dialogue. John Cena, by no means, is a good actor. He's not Batista. He's not The Rock. However, he is... He is Peacemaker. I mean, if there is somebody that I've ever seen Cena play so far, that is him. That is like almost a living embodiment of who he is. I swear to God, it's Peacemaker. Just this kind of out of time, out of place Neanderthal that means well. It's not really, you know, with the times and and just kind of going along with the flow. I know John Cena is not that way. But it just kind of seems to fit. The glove seems to fit too good. You know what I'm saying? And maybe he just excels at this kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of stupid comedy. I mean, it it, it, it works. And that's what, I guess, doesn't make any sense to me because I honestly had written the show off. I, I watched the first three episodes when they did the big drop, and I was like, and I, even when I sat down to watch them, I was just like, there's no way I'm going to like this. And, and, of course, part of the job, I got I kind of have to stay up with what's going on with pop culture to give it, you know, a thumbs up or a thumbs down or just just avoid this landmine altogether. And I don't know what to tell you on this, to be honest with you. I can't tell you that this show is for you because I don't know who this show is for. The comic book fan out there is probably jumping up and down with joy as there's just a 
plethora, a litany, if you will, of Easter eggs for the DC Universe, from character references to props to just things that are just going on that any, I wouldn't even say like diehard comic book fan, even if you're kind of the lacked comic book fan, you're still going to get, you're still going to understand it, you're still going to be like, okay, that's kind of cool. And I don't even know if it's just because of the fan service that James Gunn is giving everybody with this series that has it so well received. But I just every time I turn around and I'm watching this this show, it just is like, whoa, really? They're gonna there's some there's some over the top moments. And I know I brought this up with Susie last week that I I would put DC's writing up against Marvel's writing any day of the week because DC has a way of bringing their their B league characters to the forefront where Marvel has more of a struggle doing it. And especially if you look at like, you know, Identity Crisis or some of the other titles that DC has produced, when they bring in the B-League, they know how to bring out the characters. Is this kind of the same thing? I don't know if this is more just Peacemaker or if this is James Gunn, since Gunn has written and directed the majority of these episodes, including, of course, his flair, his 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 panache when it comes to music. We're doing deep dives on 80s tunes that I haven't even thought of or even contemplated since growing up. So to see them kind of take this this walk through nostalgia as Peacemaker again out of place, out of time, Neanderthal just kind of tries to connect with his inner child. Of course, there's turmoil, there's there's childhood angst, there's there's so much more to the Peacemaker character that James Gunn is giving him that it kind of makes it compelling. The surrounding cast from the Suicide Squad is just as engaging, and of course, we've got Walker, you know, in, in the background, we've got aliens. I mean, there's everything in this that you could possibly imagine and James Gunn is unapologetic and I have a feeling is going to pull this all together in the end we even have the cute cuddly little character you know we've got our rocket in in an eagle (laughs) an eaglet eagly his best friend (laughs) who has an American who has a bald eagle as a best friend and the eagle hugs I mean, literally, he wraps his wings around Peacemaker and hugs him. I mean, are you kidding me? It is, it's childlike. It's, it's nonsense. And, and maybe it's perfect. Maybe it's what we need right now. Something that doesn't take itself as seriously as some of the other shows out there. As some of the other media would lead us to believe that we need to take things so seriously. Eh, maybe not. And maybe that's why Peacemaker is succeeding where other shows have kind of fallen to the wayside. It knows it's making fun of itself. It's willing to poke fun at itself. It knows it's not the top shelf. It knows its boundaries, that there are none, and basically lets embrace as much of nonsense and childhood imagination as humanly possible. Like I said, I can't I can't suggest this for everybody i can't i can't really suggest this to anyone all i can say is give it the first three episodes if at the end of those three episodes you're not feeling it get out it only gets it only gets weirder from there 
but I do I am compelled by the story. I am very interested in what happens. I'm 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 bought in on I want to see how the story ends. I want to see how if if and I think there will be. I think there's going to be a redeemable moment for Peacemaker. I think we'll have that opportunity to see him come back. We already have seen him wrestling with Killing Flag, and there there's some there's some good opportunities for redemption. Now, whether or not he takes it, and it, it may be too obvious, of course. And once you know Peacemaker, you know, comes to terms with who he is, he's kind of. Kind of a pointless character because half of the fun of Peacemaker being Peacemaker is he's an idiot. The one character that stands out to me, and, and I'm, I don't know if I liked him in the previous, the, the first episodes. Now I'm, I'm kind of getting eh, worn on him is the vigilante character. Of course, another deep dive, not a very popular character from the mid 80s, had a limited series, had his own series. Then they made Vigilante a chick, and it, it was just—it was just very strange. So the the issue that I have, he started out great, he, 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 and I think it would have been best if they just kept him in the mask. As soon as the mask came off, the mystery kind of, you know, kind of kind of dissolved away. There's definitely Deadpool vibes. He is completely kind of. I mean, he doesn't have the healing factor, but he's as sarcastic. He's, there's no way you're going to be able to beat Ryan Reynolds in a, a sarcasm contest for sure. But there are the same levels of cynicism and all of that that you can see similar to both characters. And I think if they would have kept the mask on him, it would have added a little bit more to the character. As soon as we saw him and he, him out of the mask, it just it just totally took away from the character. It's like seeing behind the screen at a Gorillas concert. You don't want to mess with the 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 mystery you know so once we see behind the mask on vigilante he loses his punch but he's still once he's in like full get up and goes full vigilante it's actually entertaining to watch it's fun uh i uh, i don't i don't know i can't say that i'm sold i can't say that i'm totally in on this show but i know i'm gonna finish it just for the sake of wanting to know where 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 does it go what happens next who dies who do they mess up? And, and and they're making fun of DC characters, which is even better. <laughs> Peacemaker's taking shots at Batman. I, I think that is hilarious. Just like, yeah, because Peacemaker knows all about Batman. Like, villains hang out together and and talk shit about the other heroes. And it just, it is, it is very entertaining. And I wish and I hope that we get to see some of the behind the scenes because you can tell from the editing or and even at the end of the episode, they kind of do alternate takes and everything. I can see that they have had fun making the show, that there's been a lot of back and forth. There's been a lot of involvement and knowing Gunn's style of filming and how he gets everybody involved in the process. I know there's a lot more to the show and maybe that's what's coming through. You're feeling everybody working together, having fun and enjoying what they're doing so i my take give it three episodes don't like it get out and if you're like me (laughs) and you just want to see what happens next then just ride it out because there's what what's the worst thing that could happen You, you end up laughing and pointing at it and going yeah that was horrible but i watched every single freaking episode 
because that's the kind of fan I am. <laughs> Killing myself over here. Well, that about wraps it up. That's all I've got for this week. Be sure to come back in next week to see what my take is on whatever happens to catch my eye. In addition to the latest and greatest in geek news, give us a like, give us a share, help us help you entertain the world because, you know, we, we just don't want you to be selfish and keep us all to yourself. We're worth sharing, just like that PB&J. But in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night. <laughs>